So your first year that you did go all in, what was your transition? Because I guess it was kind of like once you were making enough money, you finally said like, okay, I don't need my other job at all anymore because now now my income is like my library and income plus my second year of real estate. So now I can't say, say no to it anymore. Yeah. So that year, 2021, um, I was teaching full time and selling real estate. I made 80,000 in real estate, 60,000 as a teacher. And I just was like, come on, Brittany, just do it. It was scary though, right? I, I lost health insurance. I have these two kids that still need to eat every day, three times a day they need to eat. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and so it was it was scary, but I just did it. And so 2022, I made, oh, I mean, it blows my mind actually. I, I made $500,000 last year. And that was my first like full year of just being on my own. And it, and then this year, you know, I started the brokerage and team and I can't wait to see what happens. So the question is this, how do most agents succeed in today's competitive real estate market when all the successful agents are keeping the secrets to themselves? So that's the question. And this podcast will give you the answer. I interview agents from all over the world. I ask them their tactics and they share all of their secrets with me so we can give them to the world. I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. I'm excited about the interview. We're about to start. I've been talking to Brittany for a couple seconds uh, before we came on, but Brittany Kosev, she runs, she's the broker owner of BK Real Estate in the DFW area in Texas. But before we even hit the recorder, I realized that she has actually been growing her team in her office all over Texas. I think that's going to be pretty exciting for us to talk about. Brittany, how's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. I'm excited to get to talk to another person uh, in Texas that's doing real estate. When did you get into real estate? I got into real estate about six years ago, right around the time um, I was getting a divorce. It's kind of why I got into the business. Got it. So the... So I, so go ahead. So like, so you got, you got a divorce and was that the moment of like, Hey, I need to do a new career change or Hey, I need to do a career after not having a career for a while. No, no, I, I was, um, so I was the first person in my family to go to college. And so when I looked around when I was a kid, all I saw were teachers, you know, they were all the professional people I knew. And so I actually started in education. I was a fourth grade teacher got married, had kids. Then I decided to get my master's and I became a librarian. Um, and then a few years later, I, my ex-husband and I were starting to have issues in our marriage. I saw the end kind of insight. And so uh, as he was the primary breadwinner, I was making $60,000 a year as a teacher. I realized quickly that I needed to figure out a way to supplement my income. So I got my real estate license. Um, I slung books during the day, slung houses at night. And I did that for two years, uh, just doing both. And then finally in 2020 with uh, the crazy market frenzy, I was able to scale really quickly um, through you know just building relationships with people. And then in 2021, I was able to quit teaching and I've been full-time ever since. Great, so, the, yeah. so right now, 2023, how many transactions do you think you'll do? Um, so, so far I've, got about 15 million in volume for the year. 
And uh, my goal is about 30. That's what I did last year. And I'm it's a pretty lofty goal as I'm trying to grow the brokerage. In fact, I didn't even know my numbers until yesterday when I was doing some prep work for today. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds crazy to people, but I've got uh, my assistant, my director of operations in place, and she kind of handles everything because I'm so busy during the day. Um, so I really just haven't dug into those numbers. I know I've been busy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just kind of diving deep. I was like, wow, man, I'm doing the same I did last year. <laughs> Especially considering so. how much everything is kind of, you know, it's a, a just slower. It takes more work to close transactions right now. There's just less volume everywhere. What's the average price point up there in DFW where you transact? Well, my average price point's about 500000 Um, And that's grown over the years a lot like your other people that you bring on the podcast. I was listening to some people and they talk about how, you know, in the in the grind, you're beginning, you're doing 150, 200. And here in Texas, that's a pretty reasonable number. But in DFW, the average home price is around 350. So I'm slightly above that. And that's happened because I've built my sphere. You know, people I know are getting older, they're buying bigger houses, and, and that's definitely part of it. Yeah. So these are around that average price of, of five hundred thousand. And what about like how big is your team and your brokerage? So we only opened our doors in January. And uh, since January, we have grown to 23 agents across Texas. Wow, that's growing really quickly. So you were an individual agent for a long time, just doing your own transactions. And then just six months ago, you said, let's try to, to build something and expand. Yeah, yeah. It's um, part of it is I've kind of figured out this this cycle that I have in my life. I, I start something and I get really good at it, like teaching. I loved teaching. I loved seeing the light in my students' eyes when they learned a new concept. But after four years of teaching, I started getting bored. And so that's when I got my master's in library science. And I did that for four years and then I started getting bored. And so the same things kind of naturally happened in real estate. I wanted to combine the two things that I, I enjoy, which is real estate and, and teaching. And so that's one of the reasons I started the brokerage. And also I, I, I believe in what I'm doing as far as helping investors and, and the way I'm navigating all of that. And I want more people to understand what it's like to be an investor-friendly agent. And so that's what I teach my team. So the, when, so when you started, you said you were a librarian during the day and then you were, you were an agent at night and you actually did both jobs. If I got it right for like two to three years, what was what was that like? What were the challenges of that? Like, how were you able to actually do two jobs? You know, what what like what were the challenges through that? Did you lose deals because of it? The the biggest challenge, Aaron, is I'm a single mom, and so when I was teaching, I was teaching in a, a city called South Lake here in um, DFW, and uh, my kids went to a different school. I was a librarian at the middle school. My kids went to another elementary. And so they'd get bussed over to me. And so I had about a 45 minute window after school ended while they were riding the bus. Um, and I would use that time just to, to grind out texts, emails, phone calls after school. Um, I didn't take a lunch break. I used my lunch break time to work, um, conference times. I mean, I was, my friends describe me as very efficient and I think that's true. And, and the kids, they were seven and nine at that time. They're 10 and 12 now. They had to go with me to showings and DFW is huge. And I don't, I don't focus on one particular area. And so after school was, it was, it was tough. 
they'd jump in the car. They'd go with me out to Garland for a listing appointment. They'd sit in the car. I would pick up McDonald's on the way, all the stuff. It was, that was definitely the biggest challenge is navigating how to be a mom, be an agent that doesn't let her clients down and also be a good librarian because I really did value my job as well doing that. Yeah, I remember early in our kind of real estate investing journey when it was like that, when 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 our kids were very young and I would buy the house and fix them and my and my wife was the broker. And so and she, while she was doing the open houses, sometimes we had our babies there or sometimes I was like driving around nearby and <clears throat> we would like go check on her and, and say hi when when nobody was there so the kids could see her. And then when people would show up for the open house, I would take the kids uh, back in the car and we'd go drive around. So it was like in between clients we'd be <laughs> hanging out with her. And then as soon as someone would show up, we're like, okay, we're, we're out of here <clears throat> and let her do her thing. I'm sure it's, and there's so many pros and cons uh, to that, but you doing it as a single mom, it was like you were, you, you didn't have a choice. And so you were able to do that. So they got to see you working hard from early on and your clients got to see you uh, working hard early on too. The, so where were you getting your leads at that time? Like, so right when you got started the, um, as you're doing it as a, as a side gig, but you're working really hard on kind of both of them, how are you getting clients? Yeah. So I really began, um, taking off when I developed a relationship with a local investor. Um, I feel like in real estate as agents, sometimes we see wholesalers and we think, ah, no, get out of here. Um, but really they have a place in our market. They have a place in real estate. And I developed a relationship with a, with a guy that was just getting off the ground and I wasn't doing any business really at the time I was selling, you know, I was selling books. <laughs> I kind of felt like I was selling books. Sometimes yeah. I was in the library all day. And so I didn't have a lot of avenues to get out there and do much. So I asked him if I could list one of his lease listings um, that he was trying to get a tenant in place. So can I list it for free? And uh, I know you don't trust me. You don't know me yet. So I listed it for free. And from that, I just wanted the leads. I wanted the experience. I wanted the practice. And so that really went a long way in his eyes. He saw how hard I worked. Um, and then I converted a bunch of those leads into clients for myself. Um, and from there, he actually, and, and I get emotional every time I talk about this. Um, I did put on waterproof mascara. Uh, from there, he started trusting me and I was making $4,000 a month there and as a librarian. And he gave me my first like real client and I made $12,000 in commission. It was life-changing money to me back then. I yeah. mean, that was, I could put food on the table and take my kids on a vacation and we can get new shoes. Like it was so exciting. And so um, developing relationships like that has really helped me grow. In fact, he and I still are business partners to this day. He's a huge part of my brokerage, my company, and we've developed a system where any leads that don't fit him in his buy box, he sends them over to us and we convert them as listings. And so my team uh, gets tons of listing leads because of that relationship. And what's cool is because of him, I've learned so much about investing and now other investors have come into the play. And so we've got leads coming in from probably five different sources as in just investors working with us. 
Hey listeners, Aaron here. I just want to tell you about something I'm super, super excited about. You know, a couple months ago, I had a bunch of people in my office in Austin, and I taught what I called my foreclosure masterclass. It was to teach investors how to make money with distressed real estate investing through foreclosures and other sorts of leads that are out there of people that are desperate to sell or need to sell, and maybe they don't even know it yet and that process. Well, we had so much fun when people, everyone came to the office. So many people said they wanted to do it again. I recorded the class. It's now live and available for purchase. So if you're interested in learning about becoming an investor and learning about becoming an investor agent, being able to educate yourself uh, some more around foreclosures, about distressed real estate and how to get those, go to the foreclosuremasterclass.com, the foreclosuremasterclass.com. All right, back to the podcast. You know, I remember those first commission checks too, especially when it's like something on the side and, and when that first thing hits and it becomes the thing that pays for that vacation, or frankly, at the beginning, it was that thing that paid off part of a credit card, right? As we were like starting to get caught back up in life. And, it, and as you describe that, I do get chills because when the reason that people are, you know, considering real estate for the most part, especially when they're doing like career changes into something else, it is that idea of, like we hear about the possible the possible amounts of money that can be earned. You know, we think that we would be good at that fit. And those first commission checks really, really are special, especially if you're used to getting a salary. Because if you're used to getting a salary, you're getting paid weekly or every couple of weeks and kind of pay your bills and maybe there's some extra or you pay your bills and then some credit card charges. But when the commission checks come all at once, it's like, oh, boom, all of a sudden I have this extra. And if I can like keep it going. So I remember the excitement. And as you describe that, like that makes sense. So the beginning, so that first guy that you met, he, you're like, hey, let me list this. And it was like, you, so you were listing his lease for him for free. And so then you could get, you know, leads from the other people. And now were these renter leads that turned into buyers or renter leads that you helped them find other houses to rent? Yeah, they were renter leads. And and back then, I mean, $500 was a lot of money to me. Yeah. So if I could help someone place a, place them in a home and make $500 off of it, that that was a lot of money. I mean, like I said, I was making $4,000 a month as a teacher. And so when I got that first commission at 12,000, I mean, that's life-changing money. And now I, you know, I, I make $12,000 off most transactions or more. And it just, it, it's still, I, I think back and I was talking to one of my, um, my San Antonio team leader, he and I went to high school together. We grew up in a really small West Texas town um, we always joke, like started from the bottom. Now I'm here kind of jokes. Uh, I grew up in a trailer home, uh, for a part of it. If, if my mom wasn't moving us somewhere else, you know, she was also a single mom. So, uh, we just, we joke all the time and now $12,000 is normal to me. And, but I don't forget what $4,000 a month felt like. And so for me personally, I don't say no to any deal any lead. I take it all. I'm, I'm thankful for everything. And there's a lot of gratitude into what I do. I'll take 1% listings sometimes to this day, just because I'm like, man, don't forget $4,000 a month. That's what you used to make. Yeah. I love that. And I think for, for newer agents or even agents right now that are trying to, to get more clients or trying to make adjustments, I kind of love this strategy that you just talked about of that idea of you know, and someone could take that and kind of reverse engineer it. So try to look in your market of like investors that are doing a lot of transactions or people that are, are doing a lot of work or somebody that says, Hey, if I can impress this person and do their business and get them into my network, it can be something really, really special. 
And then starting with that idea of, hey, I will, I will list this for you for free or I will represent you for free if it's somebody that can turn in, if it's very strategic. I don't think people should do that all the time, but if it's strategic right. and it's like, hey, I can get this. I remember my very first investment stuff when I was buying flips, I went to, when I first met investors, I said, I'll do the first one for free. You guys will get 100% of the profit because I needed to prove, my, prove to them who I was and that I could do it. And those investors went from me doing it for free to then me doing it for 25% profits and then 50% of the profit eventually. And then now I get most of the profit and they get, and they get less. And it was, but it was that transition um, that I think other people could try that. I mean, it's kind of like what we do with open house leads and people. Yeah, that's exactly of, what I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like a lot of people will go to open houses and get leads, but if you're the listing agent, you will get a lot more leads. Like you'll get all the sign call leads, you know, plus you'll get the open house leads. So it's yeah. like taking that open house idea a step further. Like I'll actually do the whole listing for free. So then you get all the open house leads, all the other listing leads, all the, all the sign calls, and then be able to turn it in uh, to more. So you've been able to like grow that and keep going with it, you know? And then, so what, as you look about now, what is something that you wish you'd have known about real estate when you first got started? <laughs> I think that when I first got started, I was so in my head about my ability to do it, you know, coming from, I think it was, oh gosh, Seller Be Sold, Grant Cardone. I mean, obviously I'm a huge reader still. Yeah. <laughs> you see all my books behind me. Um, I, I read every day and I, I try to read something that's going to make me a better person, better agent, better broker, better mom. Uh, and I read Seller Be Sold by Grant Cardone when I was trying to make that transition in my head of W2 to 1099, right? And he makes this analogy that I think is great. He says, you, when you were a W2, um, if you think about fishing, you were handed the fish ready to go. But when you are an agent transitioning to selling, you not only are the fisherman, you've got to build the, the whole fishing pole itself. And then you have to sit out there and you have to wait. And it's a lot more behind it in your mind than, than just doing the transactions. And so when I first got started, I had a lot of naysayers in my ear. Oh, the market's so saturated. Don't do it. I know 15 agents. Mm -hmm. um, why do you want to do that? Can't you focus on some, maybe you should become a principal, Brittany. That'd be a great job for a single mom. Um, I just, you know, and I pushed it, I pushed it and I pushed it. So I wish that I would have known, I wish I would have believed in myself more. Back then, I think I could have been where I'm at a lot quicker because my first year, I, I, I think I made $40,000 in real estate, which to me, of course, was a lot. And yeah. then the next year it was 80. And then the next year, I mean, it just kept tr doubling until, okay, you got to quit teaching, Brittany. <laughs> yeah. Your story is really exciting because there will be more people that they're always, at every time we do a podcast, someone that is listening is deciding to quit their job and jump into real estate or someone that is listening is deciding like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get my license and I'm going to keep this job, but I'm going to start to try to do it on the side. And so it really is like, like that inspiration, the excitement. I just, I love it. I love knowing that every time I, I get a message every day from somebody that says, Hey, I heard your podcast. I quit my job and now I'm taking off in real estate. So the, what about yeah, advice? I feel the same way. I'm sorry. I just, I had to, I have to brag for a second on some of my team members. I've got an assistant principal on my team and she is contemplating quitting this year. And it's just, I see it for them. Cause I know, I know it's doable and I see their work ethic. My little sister is also part of the team. She's the Houston division. She just got her license last month, last month, Aaron, and she has two deals in escrow 
and two listings. And I cannot be more proud. I see it for her, but she still has a full-time job. And I wish that they believed in themselves. Like I believe in them. Quit. (laughs) Go all in. Go all in. You you gotta, you gotta really take, take the leap. So I would say like what, so there's, I guess I have two different questions when it comes to people that are working, doing real estate on the side, what advice would you give, give to them to help them succeed in real estate? You know, if they're like, no, no matter what, I'm not going to quit my other job for six months because I'm scared. So then what advice do you give them on how they could still succeed in real estate? You know, not losing the clients, like, cause there's all these, these challenges they're going to have. How should they overcome those challenges as they grow their real estate book? Yeah, I think that um, part of the the mindset, like I said, is is integral. My favorite book is You're a Badass by Jen Sincero. Um, she talks a lot about that, your mindset. I think that when you are working two jobs like that, you've got to get up before everybody in the house. I think that's key. It's critical. Or you have to stay up extra late after everybody's in bed. For me, I'm an early riser. I get up around 4.45 every morning and I I do my thing in the morning before the kids need to get up. Uh, And I think that's really important, especially if you are working another job. Are you staying up late, busting stuff out? Are you getting up early? And then I think having a couple of months uh, bills saved up is really important just for that confidence and security. Because I can say, and and I will say this, I respect the people that are doing it and, and not just diving in full time. I understand the fear and I understand that, that it's, it's scary. Um, my sister included. Uh, I, I totally respect that. I just wish that someone told me, hey, if you're already doing this, imagine what it would be like if you had 40 extra hours a week and 40 extra hours of energy. Imagine how much further you could go. So I think having some setting aside quiet time in the morning, in the evening where you can really focus on that second job and then putting a few months of savings behind the belt. And then the third thing is just believe, have full faith, full, just believe in yourself, affirmations, whatever it is that you do, pray, Um, write it down, journal, tell yourself, you got it. (laughs) Yeah. Hey guys, a quick commercial break here, but don't worry, this one is only gonna run for the next two or three episodes. I talk so much about the mastermind. It's one of my passions, getting everybody to come hang out in Austin where I get to meet you guys. Well, we just had it you know, a few weeks ago and we decided for next year we were gonna do pre-sales. We're only selling 70 tickets total for the whole country and that way we keep it nice and small where everybody meets everybody and the end of it, it's like a big giant family. Well, we put out the pre-sales last week and in the during the pre-sales we sold more than 60 tickets. So there's less than 10 spots left. 10 spots left if you wanna join us for the mastermind for next year. We're putting the date so far out there, you've got no excuses um, to be able to know that the date works. You can put it in your calendar now. And we also set up a payment plan for people to break it up into four easy payments. So if you're one of those people that have thought about going to the mastermind, have never pulled the trigger, now's the time. And it's for it's for March for next year. But you gotta go sign up now if you want that spot. I don't like selling, I don't like advertising. So we figured we would knock it out quickly. We'd knock it out you know, this first couple weeks in April for next year. So instead of working on that, we're gonna focus on value. If you do join the mastermind, you get to be a, uh, join part of our private Facebook group where we do monthly Zoom calls, where we do tactics. On those calls, they're really small. There's like, you know, between 10 and 20 people on those. So you get to ask lots of questions and learn from experts. So if you are interested in signing up, go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com 
forward slash mastermind, realestaterockstarsnetwork.com forward slash mastermind. Go lock in your ticket. We have less than 10 spots left. You can break it up into four payments. So that way it is much easier to, to be sure to join. And I promise you, it is the least expensive mastermind out there for the type of stuff that we're doing. You know, the GoBundance masterminds that I talk about that I'm a part of cost five times what we do for this. And I try to deliver twice as much value. All right, back to the podcast. I love, so I love that at the beginning because yes, you're like, so you were making $40,000, even your very first year, you made $40,000 doing it on the side while doing the other one. And at that moment, you should have been able to tell yourself or you see yourself like, wow, if I can do that, just working between 4am and seven and between like four and six, when the kids are on, on the bus, like if I can do it with that, imagine if I went all in on this thing. And then, so your first year that you did go all in, what was your transition? Cause I guess it was kind of like, once you were making enough money, you finally said like, okay, I don't need my other job at all anymore because now, now my income is like my library and income plus my second year of real estate. So now I can't say, say no to it anymore. Yeah. So that year, 2021, um, I was teaching full time and selling real estate. I made 80,000 in real estate, 60,000 as a teacher. And I just was like, come on, Brittany, just do it. Yeah. It was scary though, right? I, I lost health insurance. I have these two kids that still need to eat every day, three times a day they need to eat. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, and so it was, it was scary, but I just did it. And so 2022, I made, I mean, it blows my mind, actually. I, I made $500,000 last year. And that was my first like full year of just being on my own. And, it, and then this year, you know, I started the brokerage and team and I can't wait to see what happens. That's, that is so amazing, Brittany. And it's so amazing, like, like probably one of the things that you would have told yourself when you, that you wish you'd have known at the beginning was it is possible not just to succeed, but to like, like to flourish, to have this amazing, that's an amazing income. That's an amazing income that five years ago, you could have never dreamed of that 10 years ago, you could have never dreamed of never that most dreamed people of. listening in their first year real estate could never dream of. And so that idea yeah. of knowing like, no, it is possible and it is more possible when you go all in and you do the work. I, I think one thing, that, an advantage that you probably had is by working the two jobs, right? Is you had this crazy work ethic. I also get up at 4 a.m. And that was part of what, what I learned at different times when I, when my jobs were really struggling and I had to like do office work from four to seven and then drop the kids off at school. And then once they were at school, go like do on-site construction stuff. There were times in my, you know, in my business that really, really was like, all right, I can't hire people to do this. So I've got to do the jobs of like three people. But then like, so you gained this huge work ethic of being able to work from beginning of the day to whenever and like work harder and longer and faster than everybody else. So then when you're able to put all that into real estate, you were already going to be outworking any of the other real estate agents that were out there. The, have you, have you found that like, do you feel like you have an advantage when you're, when you're learning, uh, when you're hearing from some of the other people on how they're doing their business? At the beginning of 2022, when I was first starting after quitting my job, I was doing everything myself, my TC work, my showings, all of it. Um, at about the same time, about three months in, my little brother, so I'm the oldest of seven, by the way, um, my little brother's wife, who I love and adore, was just tired of what she was doing. She hadn't really found her calling. And I said, hey, you want to stay home with Bastion, my nephew? I need help on the admin side. And I brought her on as TC. 
I was only paying her, I believe, like $250, $300 a transaction. And immediately I saw so much value in it. She was awesome. So then I started paying her $500. Then I started paying her $600 because I was like, I need her. I need her. I need her. I need her. I don't want her to go back to work. Um, and then I started paying her $800 a transaction. Finally, though, when we started, um, when I, I just was able to do so much more because of her help. 2023, when we started the brokerage, and I say we, I mean, I'm the broker owner. I brought her on as a, my first salaried employee and I'm paying her, which is just blows my mind. I'm paying her $60,000 a year, just like I was making. And I never thought I could do that for anybody. Um, but she is, she is the hub of everything behind BK. She's the director of operations now. She does all of our TC work and, and she's my right-hand man. Yeah, it's, it's pretty special to go from being a W-2 employee to actually getting to provide jobs and provide livelihoods uh, for other people. And there's there's so many different people that, that need to be involved in real estate or should be involved in real estate that like not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody wants to have the up and down of the salary and like the scariness and that. And they're like, just give me a nice stable job. So you have found like a perfect partner in that, that, that your yes. operations manager is like, I want the nice and stable. You, know, you said at the beginning, like you're so, so busy that in order to get the stats, you had to ask um, them what to ask your, your, your operations manager, what it is. So now that you have a team and you have people and you have employees, what are you spending your time on? Like, what do you think are the best value, best dollar value stuff that you're spending your time on? Um, 100% it's building relationships, uh, lead generation. So for me, I don't pay a dollar for leads. I, I never have. Um, never done Zillow, never done pay-per-click. I, I just build relationships with people. And so that helped me a lot in teaching, right? I had reluctant readers come into to my library and I just needed to, to make sure they felt safe and comfortable. I do the same thing with my clients. You're safe and comfortable with me. I'm gonna make sure that we have a successful relationship. And now, I mean, 100% of my business is referrals and sphere. I give every single lead that comes through from the investors that we built relationships with to my team. Um, and building those relationships with the investors. I do a lot of Google meets. I'll get people on the phone. Maybe someone finds me on social media. They reach out to me and they say, Hey, I'm looking to invest, or I'm an investor that's looking to, to bring on an investor friendly agent. So I set up Google meets and I get in front of people like we're doing right now. And there's a lot of credibility that goes behind the numbers, right? So when you've done X amount of work, uh, and I also own real estate and I did all of that in 2022 when I started making some, you know, the commissions, I, I had all this in the bank. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And then I started thinking about, oh gosh, what, hap what happens if, if something happens to me, where yeah. are my kids going to be? This commission is going to do nothing for them in the future. And so I started getting into bigger pockets, right. And listening every day. I went to the in 2021, I actually went to the Bigger Pockets conference in New Orleans. In 2022, I went to the Bigger Pockets conference in San Diego. So when I went to the one in 21, I didn't own a single door. I was I had just bought my first primary for me and the kids. Um, I still own that house. We transitioned it to a rental. But in 2022, I just I wanted to figure out a way where my kids could have success in the future. And so I bought each of them a house for cash, a $20,000 house, $30,000 house that had tenants in place. Um, and from there, I've just been able to grow and scale. And so I lean on that when I talk to investors. 
You know, they need to know that I, I understand what makes a, a cash flowing property. I have a mix of short term and long term rentals, so I can speak to them on those things. And then I also lean on my team. Um, my boyfriend actually was on your podcast, Harrison oh, really? Sharp. He, yeah, yeah, he, um, he and I together, you know, people describe us as a power couple because we both are pretty strong producers. And I lean on him and he leans on me. And so together, you know, our numbers look really stellar. And so that's a great way to show new investors that are coming on to, to the brokerage and wanting to trust us. You know, we, we've done X and we can do Y for you. Yeah, that's a your journey is so incredible, especially when it's like starting as a as a single mom to like, hey, how can I the nerves of being able to provide a future a future as the primary breadwinner and trying to come up with that plan. And not only have you now succeeded inside, like now you're making income. That idea of, uh, we did the same thing, buying houses for the kids. And like with this idea- Yeah, I think it was Brandon Turner that I listened to on Bigger Pockets, and he said that he did that. And I was like, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, they're, they're, now their um, allowance comes out of their rents, right? And then knowing that like in 10 years, in 20, we all say like, oh man, if we'd have bought a house 20 years ago, and so, you know, later in life when they when they have those, the short-term investment is so small compared to what they end up getting. I spoke at the Bigger Pockets conference in 2021. So I was there at the at the New Orleans oh, wow. one. Yeah, I one probably was in the back of the audience like, oh my God, I'm I'm a pretender. <laughs> yeah, you're like, should I be here? One of one of my uh my one of my books had just gotten released uh, through Bigger Pockets out there. So we were we were there. But it's a that is a great congratulations. It's a great avenue to help people learn about, you know, investing and how to do it, you know, but again, your but your, so your journey has been amazing and you kind of, you've probably accomplished Thanks. now more than you, more than you imagined. And if you would have had the faith earlier on, you would have gotten into real estate, you know, so many years sooner, but like, if, so what, what's your, what's your best advice you could give to a, just a new agent right now, like a new person getting started in real estate where it's like with anything, how should they be successful? What's gonna be the key? I know you talked to, earlier, you gave the tips about if somebody has another job and they're doing both, but if somebody's like just getting into real estate or maybe it's the second time they've heard a podcast and they're thinking about getting into real estate, what would you be telling them? Uh, well, you know, I'm gonna have to say it because I believe it all day is educate yourself, right? Read the books go to the net networking events, go sit at the back of the Bigger Pockets conference. I mean, soak it all in. Find a broker mentor that really believes in what your goals are and they're living it and doing it daily so that you're aligned with that. Surround yourself with people that are speaking the language. You know, I mean, they all, you know the saying, you're, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Elevate yourself. Put yourself in a room where people are better, smarter, doing more. Um, the investor that I worked with, uh, the very first one, remember I told you that I did the, the free, free lease on that. Yep. I, uh, we are still business partners. In fact, he and I just bought a mortgage company. Um, and, and we do things daily and I could not have come this far if I didn't surround myself with by people like him, my boyfriend, um, and, and my sister. And, and now I just feel like, when I talk to people, if I feel immediately like they're draining me or their goals don't align with my goals, I, I cut it off. Yeah. And so I think for new agents out there, surround yourself with the people you want to be like. 
I love that. I think that's, I think that's amazing advice to give to people. Think, you know, ed- educate yourself like crazy. Go get as involved as you can. You know, treat it like it's a full-time job. And if at the beginning you don't quite know what you're doing yet, like people measure full-time jobs as like 40 hours a week. Like, are you spending 40 hours a week building relationships, going to events, yeah. calling people, having coffee with people? Like just, you got to get your reps in. You got to put the time in. Absolutely. I was listening to, you know, just powering through all of your podcasts, right? Getting ready, just listening to all of these amazing people you bring on also in my head. So I still have those negative thoughts. Like, I don't know. I I can't, I'm not anything like these people. They're all so much better than me. Um, It's telling yourself, come on, Britt, you've got this. Stop. But I listened to one this morning, just as I was out on my walk this morning with my dog. And it was that exact thing. Like, how many hours are you putting in? I was a 40 hour a week librarian. Um, You have to put those 40 hours in on real estate too. I mean, if you're working 80 hours a week, so be it. If you really care and you really have the goals, then, um, then, then you'll be successful. Hey, real estate rock stars. We only have a few minutes left in this episode, but before we get to the grand finale, I just want to say, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You know, podcasts are obviously free. You don't have to pay to listen to the podcast, but if you could pay one thing, if I could charge you one thing to listen to this podcast, what I would ask you to do is go please make a review. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on YouTube or on Apple or Android, wherever you listen to podcasts, and go give me a review of the podcast. I read them, I listen to them, I try to make adjustments. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a ton of bad reviews on the sound quality or the number of advertisements, things like that, and I've really tried to dial in to add value for all of you guys. So please, please, please go do a review. If you wanna get a, a copy of the toolbox, of the stuff that you know, everybody that comes on the show, they give us some tactics, they give us something that we put in what we call our toolbox. And so to get that, you go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com. When you get there, click on the the toolbox and you get access to the free gift that every person that we interview on the episode provides. There's things like, you know, uh, listing tactics, how to do a presentation, you know, how to do a newsletter, all sorts of cool, fun stuff. And if you want to talk to me, go find me on Instagram at Aaron Amuchastegui. Ask me a question. I talk to so many of you guys on there. All right. Back to the show. Thanks again for being a listener. So I'm so, so, so thankful for my mother. She, um, she actually just walked in. <laughs> I wasn't expecting her to come. Uh, it's on me. I should have texted her. Uh, but she, it, she moved here two years ago to live close to me um, and help me with the kids and help me with housework. I literally could not do this without her. And so she just walked in the door and I felt like a teenager all over again. Mom, I'm on the phone. I just told <laughs> You're like, come on. So the, I mean, so I don't know if you've ever caught any of the podcast. My son Brax is seven and he has made it on, uh, when I get interviewed on podcasts, he's probably been on like seven or eight podcasts where I've been interviewed. He's probably made it on a dozen ones where I'm interviewing because at different times he'll like come in. Like I'm in the, I'm in the back house where my studio is. But like, it's a family affair. Life, people aren't successful on their own, right? Whether it's relationships that we make, whether it's people that are helping with the family and the, um, you know, and I heard once at, a, at an event, like the, he said his kids can, uh, you know, can always interrupt him for a hug, for a hug. Like family can yeah. always interrupt him for a hug, no matter what's, yeah. what's going on. And so the, you know, so it's, it's, it's part of life as we're, as we're doing this. So I'm glad to see you're surrounded by so many people that are, 
are helping you in your journey. I want to talk for a minute about your expansion and what's next, right? Because yeah. you went from like 40 to 80 to 120 to 500. You're providing careers. You're owning houses. You're becoming an investor. Now, January, you said, now I'm going to become a broker owner, grow my team. You've already grown it very large. What's your plan over the next year and what's going to be your secret to success? Like there's going to be some agents listening right now that are in Texas, just got their license. What would you be telling them as they're trying to figure out what to do with that? Well, I mean, my goal over the next year is I'd like to grow, obviously, the brokerage. I'm, I'm not hiring in DFW at the moment, but towards the end of the year, I'd love to bring on some more team members as I finish systemizing. Um, but we're actively looking for agents in San Antonio, Austin, and Houston. And I think that what I would love over the next year is to grow my team to really create the most elite agents out there, investor-friendly, teaching them about all the things that I wish I would have known. I think that that's one thing that um, maybe sets our brokerage apart from others is I'm not afraid of things like creative financing, novations, um, educating yourself on those kind of things. And then put, if, if that's something that you're interested in doing, partnering with a broker that is, is going to let you do that. One of the reasons I started the brokerage, I told you it was twofold. I love real estate and I love helping people and I want to develop a team. But the other thing is I don't like when people tell me what I can and can't do. So I sold a multifamily apartment last year, um, biggest sell I've ever done. And I represented a buyer and my broker at the time, although they were you know, excited for me, they were not comfortable. They were not comfortable with me getting into the multifamily space. Hmm. And so that to me was like, a, oh, well, maybe I'm outgrowing them. Maybe I need to think of ways that I can support myself. Uh, and that's another reason I started the brokerage. So if you have goals that if your agents that are listening have goals that are exceeding where they're currently at, well, then realign yourself. Think about where you want to be and, and who is going to be with you, um, which moms are going to come walk in through your podcast and support you. Um, all the people that you can surround yourself with, you got to build up those systems, the people in the right places. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I love that. I think you're going to, I think you're going to be really successful. I mean, you've already been really successful with growing out the team and out the brokerage, but I think it's just like you Thanks. said, that part of, part of your success is like the five people you hang out with and the 10 people you hang out with and the networks. And it's, that has been the story of my life. I mean, I did, I did really well when I was doing it alone, but I had so many more ups and downs. And when I started to do life as a team, as part of masterminds and was hanging out with people doing the same thing, man, stuff got accelerated so much more and the lows weren't quite as low and the highs were way, way higher. And it's a great point too, of people being able to outgrow their own brokerage, especially it's based on that. Like you're going into big multifamily and there could be like, this is exciting, let's grow with you. Let's figure out how we can help support you with this. Yeah. To instead of saying like, ah, we would rather you don't get into commercial because for whatever reason, right? Like the, anytime you have a goal and you say, this is my goal and I wanna do it. And if you've got, somebody telling you why you can't do it the um that's that's not the sort of people that you want to be aligning yourself with well this is this has been really really fun i would say um you know one is there any last things you would want to tell anybody about real estate or anything about your journey and then also finish up with where they can find you how they how they can reach out to you especially if they want to learn more about you know what you're doing they want to get advice with uh, choosing a broker or, or anything like that yeah, I mean, I think I'm just going to reiterate um, 
as far as what I want agents to know, and I tell this to my team all the time, the the loudest voice around you is your own. So what are you telling yourself every day, right? Um, I tell my children, <laughs> my son will get so upset sometimes and he'll say, I'm so stupid. And I said, stop it right now. No one talks about my son like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but we do it to ourselves. I'm such an idiot. I can never do this. There's a thousand agents out there. What you're saying to yourself, words are magic. So switch that around. Um, I'm bringing to the toolkit actually uh, my goal planning worksheet that I did with my team. And one of the things in it is really pinpointing your whys and, and creating some affirmations around it. I have my affirmations I write and say every day, you know, corny ones like yeah. money flows easily to me, you know, <laughs> but down to like things that I really have to work on. I am confident. I am assured. I believe in what I'm doing. So I think new agents, you know, tell yourself that don't let you get in the way of your own success. Um, and then as far as where people can find me, I am Brittany Kosev. You can find me on Instagram with my name. Our website is bkrealestatetx.com. And, and yeah, I'd love to connect. Yeah, that, that, that is so awesome. Well, Brittany, I just found you on Instagram and, and got to follow you on there. So I'm sure we'll be chatting uh, more and more. I love the idea of the toolkit, like the affirmations. I'm a huge fan of the affirmations and the mantras, and I've got goal sheets all over me uh, in here and vision boards. I believe in it. I believe in it from the first time I read The Miracle Morning, and it became yes, so much Yes, I love good. that book. He was at the 21. I guess you listened to him there, 21 yeah, Bigger so Pockets. Hal's actually become a great friend of mine. The, the first I, re first I, I read his book, I got to meet him a couple years later. Yeah, he spoke at the Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind event in 2021. Uh, out in Austin. Maybe he'll come by and see some of us next year at that one. But I love what you're doing. And for listeners, when she talks about that toolbox, it's a reminder, go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com. There's a button on there to say, sign up for the toolbox. As you put in your info, you get kind of that free gift that every one of the people that we interview puts on there. It's their tips and tactics. And I think what Brittany just described is something that all of you guys need. Brittany, congratulations on your success. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Super excited to be part of this. Well, I'm so excited to have you. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>